You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. Man, given the fact that it's still 80 degrees here in Atlanta, my day is beautiful. Okay? Like, it's beautiful. So... I'm working out with a new trainer, and I don't like him, but I don't need to like him, you know, to do what it is, to get done what it is that I need to get done. And the reason I don't like him is just simply because he makes me very uncomfortable and he stretches me in my capacity. But I understand it from a coaching standpoint. I always, I'm training new coaches. I tell them, you don't need people necessarily to like you. You just need to do what it is that they are paying you to do. So there's that. Let's see what else is happening. I had a bit of a challenging people week last week. People were really like manipulation was on high last week. And I was just like, I don't know what it is that people really want from me. You know, people were were trying to manipulate me to get my time. People were manipulating me trying to get money. And I'm just like, what in the world is actually happening? And I told y'all I'm part of a mastermind. And one of the people in my mastermind, they were like, congratulations, you've graduated to rich people's problems. And I said, huh? And they were like, you got rich people problems. The only reason when when people uh, gonna try to get money from you is because they think you have it. So they were like, just celebrate that people perceive you as having money. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. But yeah, I found that to be really, really interesting. And so let me tell y'all what I do sometimes. Listen, I can see people's BS from a mile away, right? And so sometimes I will just like, I I don't say things right away. I I just like let people go. Like, where where are you going with this? And then I'd be saying to myself, like, are you serious right now? Because I, I guess that sometimes in my mind, I'm thinking like, would you believe yourself if you heard this? I, I'm just, I don't know. People never cease to amaze me. But let me tell y'all something that I was thinking about. And I quite honestly feel like I'm just scratching the surface with quote unquote success, right? But something that I'm going to call success or making it remorse. I'm sure you've heard of um survivor's remorse, like if when people, a lot of times people are in a tragic accident or something and five people died and one person made it. And so that one person that made it a lot of times deals with a lot of psychological issues of like, why did I get to be the one who's here? And this person that died was a much better person than me or whatever it is, right? And so I think that there is also a success or making it remorse that can happen. When you are doing okay, you are doing well, and then people around you or people that are closest to you are struggling or they are in a rough place. And so you feel like you can't really 
be fully happy and celebratory about you doing good. You certainly can't share it because it would seem insensitive to share your good news when everybody else is is like going through a rough patch, right? And so I've been dealing with some of that lately or also some of the, the, how can I put it? The manipulation that comes with, like, if I say something like, you know, oh, I got a new client or I have this opportunity or that opportunity, then I met with, can you give me some money or can you do this? And so it's just like, you know how people say money changed you? I'm almost willing to believe that money, resources, opportunities, the more that you have those, I think they change the people that are around you because. There's nothing like it to bring out the greedy, grabby energy in people and to bring out this something for nothing, this sense of entitlement in people because of their relationship with you. Listen, we can share the same last name. We can share the same blood. I don't give a damn. I am not obligated to do anything for you that I have just not consciously chosen to do out of my heart. Listen, a sense of entitlement, that will get you nowhere. You know, me and daughter have a lot of really, really good conversations. Let me tell y'all something. My daughter becomes a multimillionaire next year. Do you honestly think that I'm sitting around like, oh, well, now she can take care of me because I took care of her for all of those years? No, that's her money. Whatever she chooses to do with her money is what she chooses to do with her money. I'm not sitting around waiting on her to make it so now my life can get so much easier. She didn't bring me into the world. I brought her into the world. So I don't have an expectation of my daughter and her husband's wealth and what it is that they do, right? My commitment is to me and to create what I need for myself and to have for me to have something for her and for her family, not the other way around. I don't know. It's just, it's just really, it's just really weird to me. Yeah, I was just really tried in some relationships and in people trying to manipulate me. And I'm just like, y'all, y'all don't really know. Like when y'all, y'all push me to a to a certain extent, you get a side of me that it seems harsh or it seems rude. No, it's just it's just reserved for times and situations like this where I have to let you know, like I'm 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 not the one. I'm nice enough, but I, I'm I'm not the person that you just gonna manipulate and fuck over and and think that I'm not gonna say anything about it. Absolutely not gonna happen. So there's that. Otherwise, though, things have been going really really good. You know, business is great. Training new coaches. That's going really, really great. Let me tell y'all something about coach training. And the coaches that I'm training, they they might say something about this. But sometimes you want to quickly get to the part where it's like, where am I going to build my business and, and, and really see the money coming in? Let me tell you something about that. I know what this work really takes. And I would be really doing a disservice to their potential clients if I just really shortcut um, them to, quote unquote, success or building the business. I'm not personally going to put coaches out in the world until they really understand that this being a coach is really being of service. Being a coach is really prioritizing your own growth work and your own healing 
first and foremost, so much so that the container that is between you and your client won't be contaminated by all of your bullshit, that your client has room for everything that they need to deal with without you bringing your stuff into it as well. And so my emphasis with them in these first three weeks is all about personal growth and development because I live by the motto that your personal growth is the most important thing, your mindset, how you're showing up is the most important thing. And so it is exactly the way that I'm um, training coaches. I the, Listen, I think coaching certifications are great because it's a really low barrier to entry. Anybody can put coach in front of their name and start a business. However, I would be out of integrity with myself if I didn't empower them and give them everything that I thought that they needed to become who they needed to become to really hold that space for people. Because the money, the money actually is the easy part. The money, contrary to what many people think, is the easy part. So I'm excited about, you know, I trained hundreds of coaches when I used to work for another company. So I'm excited about training coaches and you know, really growing coaches. And so I know that my impact in the world is being expanded and is not happening and doesn't have to happen directly through me. So there's that. So I'm really excited about that. Let's see what else. So still in Think and Grow Rich. And this week's lesson is on persistence. And I was having a conversation with daughter And I was like, I don't know that I have ever met a person who was more persistent when they made up their mind about something. So first of all, I had my daughter read and think and grow rich when she was in high school. She had required reading like rich dad, poor dad uh, for teens. She had required reading. And I remember she, she probably thought like, why am I reading these things? Why am I doing these things? But now... I can see how they are in service to her. So I was very intentional about things that I wanted her to be exposed to about her mindset. And now we can see the fruit of it. Well, anyway, I can recall having a conversation when she was a senior, maybe about a senior in high school, and she had to do a budget. And um, she was saying like, mom, how much should I budget for my, my monthly living expenses for rent and that kind of a thing? I told her back in 2014 to put $3,000 a month in the budget for her living expense, for her apartment, and for whatever she was going to do. People are like, why would you tell her to put that much? Because I want her to get acclimated to whatever it is that she's creating. It's going to create a scenario that she can live any, any way that she did. And so she did that. So then from from the budget that she created, she told me when she was in college, she said, Mom, when I graduate, I don't want to come back and live with you. She said, I would feel like a failure. And I said, well, you know, though, that you can come live with me and, you know, get your money up and save your money and do this and do that. She said, "Mm -hmm, I understand that. I don't want to do that. I would feel like a failure. So she said, I need to save $10,000. Um, so that I can live the way that I want to live. And I said, okay. Now, she ended up not having, to, she had the money, by the way, she, she, she did it. But she ended up not having to use it because she got a bonus from her first job. But let me, let me tell y'all what this girl was doing that I had no idea. First of all, 
She had a full ride to school, right? So that was taken care of. I had to buy books. I may have spent about two to $300, uh, maybe let's say $500 a year. I don't know that I spent more than $2,000 over the four years, right? She also had a refund check. She also had a job at the law school. But she lived in a house with about seven or eight football players. And she was like tutoring them, right? Well, her tutoring went to a business. She started a business helping athletes. And do you know that this girl created a business and she was making more money in her business than she was making in her job that she was working? She saw an opportunity. She capitalized on the opportunity. She persisted with the opportunity, word of mouth. And that girl, she was not a broke college student, okay? She was living it up in college. And people were like, how do you always have money? I thought she had money just from her job. I never had to give that girl money when she was in college. But here's my point in telling you this. The lesson in thinking grow rich is about persistence. That girl set her goal for 10K and she did not let up. For that 10K. She had the 10K and didn't even have to use her own 10K because it came a different way, but she made a decision. She put the actions towards it. She took advantage of opportunity when it presented itself and she went to work. Now, here's what happens with so many of us we say that we want something, we make a decision. Something else presents itself, and now we're going in this direction. So the moment another option is viable, you haven't really made a decision. There are no consistent and continuous actions in the direction of what it is that we desire. And so what we end up with is magical thinking, saying that we want a thing. But if you look at what our day-to-day actions entail, none of our day-to-day actions lend themselves to what it is that we say that we desire. And so we live lives of defeat. We live lives of constantly letting ourselves down and eroding self-trust because we don't remain consistent in the thing that we said we were going to do. You see how that then can create just like this cycle? So in Think and Grow Rich, in this particular chapter, he is talking about the power of persistence. So when I was talking to my daughter, I was like, this girl didn't even tell me that she had a business. And I said, why didn't you tell me about the business? She said, well, because some parts of it, you know, they, they could have, uh, you know, you, you may not have approved. I said, I think it was actually brilliant. So there's that, right? Now. Let's talk about your persistence or lack thereof. So first of all, if you are someone who is weak in persistence, that is why he speaks about surrounding yourself with the mastermind group. And remember, you only need one other person to have a mastermind. If you don't have the money to be a part of a coaching mastermind or part of an official mastermind, you can create a mastermind with your partner, with your significant other, with your spouse, right? If they are of the same mindset. Henry Ford, Henry Ford's first mastermind was with his wife. So, you know, you don't have to think alike, but you think together. So we don't have to complicate having a mastermind, right? Um, You know, the saying that iron sharpens iron, you need somebody's thoughts other than yours. So a lot of times 
from a persistent standpoint, you know, just thinking things through and having somebody that's right there with you to encourage you, maybe even do things with you. However it is that you need to get things done is however it is that you need to get things done. So he's talking about what I found to be a really strong point is he's talking about even persistence as it relates to abundance or poverty consciousness. He said, poverty is attracted to the one whose mind is favorable to it as much as money is attracted to him whose mind has been deliberately prepared to attract it and through the same laws. Poverty consciousness will voluntarily seize the mind which is not occupied with the money or abundance consciousness. This is what people don't understand. If you are not consciously developing habits that are favorable to success or an abundance consciousness, by default, you're probably going to go to scarcity and poverty a lot of times because that is where the vast majority of us has come from unless we were born with money consciousness or born with abundance consciousness because we were reared in those environments. Most of us were not. So, even persisting in your mindset, the mindset that you are creating is so, so, so important. Not just your desires or your dreams, but persisting in the mindset because the subconscious mind and whatever it was originally is always going to invite you to where you were. It's why you see people going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth because there is an all, always an invitation to come backwards. So you have to consciously create new patterns until they become second nature. And it's like, no, this is what it is that we are doing, okay? So there's just absolutely no substitute for persistence in anything else. And I'm thankful, you know, to have birthed a child that's like, sheesh, this child has been persistent and determined and just ready to defy the odds. I think that's why she came here. But anyway, here are symptoms that he gives that show a lack of persistence, right? Some of y'all, y'all have heard. He said, these are the weaknesses that must be mastered by all who who accumulate riches and abundance. And I think he repeats himself a lot through the book because it's thinking grow rich and the grow is the operative part. You need to become somebody different, not just know different things. So number one, failure to recognize and clearly define exactly what it is that you want. How many people don't really have a clear definition of what it is that they want? Procrastination with or without cause, usually backed up with a formidable array of alibis and excuses. Most of us have lots of excuses, but few very valid reasons. Lack of interest in acquiring specialized knowledge, indecision or the habit of passing the buck instead of facing issues squarely. You know, people that are avoidant, let things just sweep things under the rug and then you trip over the damn rug. The habit of relying upon alibis and creating definite plans for the solution of the problems. I was just having this conversation in my mastermind. Everything is figure outable. Instead of avoiding the problem, let's think through solutions. Yes, the problem is uncomfortable, but the persistent problem is going to be more uncomfortable than the temporary discomfort of thinking through a solution. 
self-satisfaction. You are just okay with being where you are. Ain't no remedy for that. Indifference, usually reflected, excuse me, in one's readiness to compromise on all occasions rather than meet opposition and fight it. The habit of blaming others for one's mistakes and accepting unfavorable circumstances as being unavoidable. Take 100% responsibility for your stuff, for your business, for your life, for everything. Weakness of desire. Um, Willingness, even eagerness to quit at the first sign of defeat. I said that already. Lack of organized plans that are placed in writing where they may be analyzed. The habit of neglecting to move on ideas or to grasp opportunity when it presents itself. I can definitely identify with that one. I was just sharing in my mastermind that I already know that my stopping point has has historically been when things happen too quickly. And as of late, things have been happening very, very quickly. Everything in me wants to put on the brakes because that is my default. However, what have I been doing? I have been just taking a moment and saying, whatever happens, I can handle it. What's the next step that I need to take? Say yes to this meeting. Say yes to this. Okay, make the decision and move forward on that. Trusting that I got me. Trusting that I can handle it instead of resorting and regressing to the default position of um, putting, stopping things or not taking advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. So just because you used to be a certain way, nothing says that you cannot change that way. But that is what I mean by persistently working to create a different mindset. Uh, Let's see. Wishing instead of willing. It's magical thinking. Causes lead to effects. There's just no other way around it. If you are not putting the causes in place for what you say you desire, it's wishful thinking, it's magical thinking, and you, my friend, are delusional. The habit of compromising with poverty instead of aiming at riches. Searching for all the shortcuts to riches, trying to get without giving, you know, something for nothing. Like, listen, Powerball happening. Um, you know, nobody has won the Powerball. And so this is, if this is your wealth plan, right, it's kind of like the shortcut to riches. Instead of putting a cause in place that you can can readily see, nurture, nourish to get to the effect, you want the something for nothing route. No no criticism to anybody that has a Powerball ticket because I have one. My mom was like, just go get one. And I said, okay, let me let me digress here for a second. Do y'all know that until my mama mentioned it and somebody else mentioned it to me, they could tell me the Powerball is $50 billion. My mind does not say, oh, let me go get a ticket. My mind just does not work like that. And so I have spent $51 on Powerball tickets over the last two weeks. And let me tell y'all something. I'll probably blow $51, uh, you know, at a quick restaurant, but it won't go again to no damn Powerball. That's just not my way. My mind doesn't work that way. And it just took it just took everything in me to give up my $50 for this. Okay, and then the last one he has here is fear of criticism. This is the big one. Failure to create plans and put them in action because of what other people will think, do, or say. That, y'all, should probably be at the head of the list because this is this is what gets a lot of us stuck. Let me tell you something. 
Y'all will be surprised at the level of criticism that I get and that I have gotten over the years. Criticism as a parent, criticism as a friend, criticism over how I'm doing this, over how I'm handling that, over how I do this, how I don't do that, how I'm private, how I'm inaccessible. Listen, people have been criticizing me my entire life. Probably you too, so I'm not a special snowflake in this. But here's what I've come to realize. That criticism can either be the pressure that stops you or the fuel that helps you to keep going, not even in a like a, a revenge kind of way, but in a way that says, you know what, I must really be on to something big because I get so much resistance from people and so much manipulation and so much criticism and so much pressure. You know what, I must really be moving in the direction of something big. And so let me stay focused and persistent on what it is that I'm moving toward because you know what has had to happen, y'all? I had to betray a lot of people. And when I mean betray people, I mean betray the fact that I'm moving past your stopping point. And that makes you uncomfortable because you didn't move past here. And so you don't want me to go further than you did because now you have to deal with the reasons why you didn't. So I had to betray a lot of that in my family and a lot of the family dynamics and a lot of the family expectations and all of those things. And so I was willing to do that because what I'm moving toward and what I'm intentional about creating is so much bigger than that. So I can deal with the discomfort of criticism. And so if I've dealt with it since I was a little girl, if I dealt with it coming up, I'm just like, the people that don't know me, like, who gives a damn? Because the only people that matter are the people that matter. And even sometimes they misunderstand. And that's really okay. I have just been willing to be misunderstood and not feel the need to defend myself while I stay focused on what it is that I'm looking to do, to be, to have, to create. Because you know who is always with me? God is always with me. And I am not saying that, you know, it's like a cliche kind of thing or that I don't need people. But I have lost a lot of very good relationships. I have walked away from a lot of very good relationships to follow what felt like my path. So this ain't easy. If it was, you know, as they say, everybody would do it. And so persistence is probably the highest cost that you're gonna pay to see anything that you wanna create because you will have the invitation, the charge to persist in spite of all of these things. You will, when you don't feel like it, when people don't understand, when it looks very unlikely, when it looks like you have no clue what you're doing, when you have no clue what you're doing, that fortitude, that persistence, you will eventually get to where it is that you are looking to go. I'm a living witness of how when I fixed my mind on something, I made a decision and I persisted in the direction, God met me every single time with favor, with resources, with things that I couldn't have envisioned or imagined had I not moved in the direction. So my question to you is, what are you waiting for? What opportune time are you waiting for? to move in the direction of what you desire and stay with it consistently until you see the result. You don't have to, you get to. You don't have to. But if it's not something that you really desire to do, then stop giving lip service to it 
and wasting people's time because people tired of hearing about the same shit over and over again that you're not going to do, okay? Just talk about something else. Let's just talk about something altogether different. And we can agree that this thing is just really not as important as you say, which leads me to people always talking about, oh, because this is my why. Hmm. A lot of it, your why is a lie because your why hasn't spurred you to action. Your why hasn't given you what it is that you needed to persist in the face of difficulty. So let's just stop writing, oh, my son is my why, my family, my this, my that. Man, come on now. Let's just get real with ourselves. Listen, we're either going to pee or get off the damn pot. And here's the thing. Whatever it is you choose, just be okay with what it is that you're choosing because you don't have to do any of these things. But if you're going to, then actually do them, okay? I love each and every one of y'all. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of the day.